Hello, hello, green team. So nice to be hanging out with you today. Um, I'm joining you from Pennsylvania, where I'm volunteering on this um, nature, this ecological restoration project. Chris Woodburn with Denver Public Schools is joining us. And we've both had flaky internet this morning. So we'll just see what happens. <laughs> um, hey, Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me this morning. Yeah, this is great. So we're going to be talking about the Garden of Youth Internship Program, uh, which is a really cool idea um, that you could maybe be part of if you're in Denver, or maybe you can replicate it or use some of the ideas wherever you are. Before we do that, I want to remind you that the Earth Week Summit is coming up. Um, you can just go to earthweeksummit.com and get your free pass. Uh, it's from April 17th to the 24th. And in addition, we also have a pop-up group for the month of April. So that's going to be a fun way to, to connect with folks and hear what all's going, all these different groups I'm in. They're like, what's going on for Earth Day? So uh, yeah, we're going to be we're going to be telling you all about that um, in that pop-up group. You can be sharing what you've got going on. Um, and also next week, March 30th, I'll be talking with Jake. Rubenstein from EarthDay.org about the great global cleanup. So if you're wanting to do something socially distanced, you can hear about that. And then on April 6th, we'll be doing an overview of all the stuff that we found to do in Denver. Um, so yeah, so that's EarthWeekSummit.com. And also, if you want to be a promoting partner, then join us. We have like 25 promoting partners now, which is really cool like Natural Grocers and the Alliance Center and EarthDay.org and a bunch of other folks. Um, so if you want to be part of that, it's free. Help us spread the word and we will promote your um, stuff as well. All right. So with that, let's get into this. So so Chris um, and there's Beverly saying hi. Hi, Beverly. Um, so Chris, tell us a little bit about um, how how did you get involved in doing gardens? So you are the the gardens specialist with um, the DPS Denver Public Schools sustainability. How did that all happen? Sure. That was not a path that uh, was intentional. I uh, grew up here in uh, just outside of Denver, uh, gardening with my dad, and that was one of my favorite things to do with him because he was busy during the week, um, but didn't think that was going to be what I uh, was going to do with my life. In fact, a totally different direction in college, um, working with youth, um, but nothing to do with uh, plants and gardens and sustainability. And then after college, I uh, spent a year in Ecuador, and when I came back, uh, needed a job. And so I returned to a, a garden center where I had been working a summers uh, through college just to earn some summer money. And during that time had really fallen in love with the wonder of plants. I didn't know how amazing and complicated uh, and wondrous uh, all these things around us were until um, I got to experience them and learn about them um, with some wonderful plant doctors uh, at that garden center here in Denver. Um, and then, uh, needed a, a life change. And so after working at that garden center, a friend said, hey, we've got an opportunity uh, working with special needs students at a high school here in Denver Public Schools. Would you like to give it a shot? And I said, sure, I need a change of scenery. Let me do it. And worked there uh, at Manual High School for five years uh, working with special needs students. And I think about the second or third year, we had an opportunity to um, work in a garden there. They had one bed that an architecture class had built 
Um, and our students decided, hey, let's plan it, let's get outside, uh, let's move around. And something uh, dawned on me that uh, a lot of the behavioral issues that we had in the classroom disappeared or didn't matter when we were out working in the garden. We can be loud, we can run around, we can get our hands dirty. Um, and the students uh, really discovered the joy of being outside. Um, and it was neat. It was neat because a lot of our students uh, had never even tried food that didn't come out of a bag or a bottle or a box. And this was a way for them to not only grow something on their own, uh, but to try some good food. Emmanuel is in a food desert and close to an even larger food desert in the Globeville, uh, Swansea, Laria neighborhood. And a lot of our students coming from there. And so this was an opportunity uh, for some of them the first time to actually grow their own food uh, and see what they could do. Um, from there, I got a phone call um, from uh, Laurel Matry, who worked in the sustainability department in Denver Public Schools at the time, saying, hey, do you want to be a job coach for our Garden of Youth program? And that meant working with four students uh, at one garden, um, just really developing their job skills um, through gardening and through this responsibility of uh, showing up every day and tending their garden, having expectations. Um, and I said, yeah, that sounds awesome. I can get paid to work with the same students over the summer in garden. Uh, let's do it. Um, two years later, um, I got to oversee the program. And so we had five gardens at the time. Um, and so we have coaches across the district. And from there, I was an intern. And it took about 10 years to turn that part-time internship into a full-time job. And so now I'm the point person for all things garden in Denver Public Schools. And I feel like I really have the best job, uh, not just in Denver Public Schools, but I have the best job in the city. I really get uh, to do things that no one else gets to do, and it's just really rewarding and fun. Maybe it's the best job in the world. Who knows? You know? <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, I know there's another one of our um, colleagues that does gardening in Uganda. Her her Instagram is Kachini Gardens, and she does like daycare but it's gardening and that's her whole thing and those pictures of those kids i thought she might have the best job but you know it, it could be similar <laughs> yeah that's cool so um yeah so tell us a little bit about how the garden of youth program works and you know it, it, the other thing that we want to talk about at some point is how people can get involved and support all the sure. cool things, whether that's the other gardens that you have or the Garden of Youth program. Sure. And did you want to share your screen now? Um, yeah, we can do that. Um, okay. Get that going. All right. So Garden of Youth um, really was developed because um, for special needs students, there just aren't really great internship opportunities. A lot of our students, um, they don't have the soft job skills to be successful in traditional internships or traditional employment and would ultimately end up working at places like Goodwill, volunteering or being greeters at Walmart. And so we saw that there was an opportunity to, to take some of these students, really invest some significant time in developing those soft job skills, building a resume, um, you know, talking about those expectations of what it means to succeed uh, in an employment um, and then provide that so that when they are done with us, uh, they're ready for a, a more meaningful uh, paid job experience that would give them independence rather than something that's just gonna keep them busy, you know, 20, 40 hours a week. Um, 
And so this was developed through a partnership with Denver Public School Sustainability and the College and Career Readiness Program, uh, which developed ACE Connect, which is just internship and career support for students uh, with special needs. Um, and so it grew from an opportunity and uh, now we are at eight garden sites out of our about 120 across the district. Uh, eight of our high schools or near high school gardens um, support three to four students each working alongside a designated job coach who's an expert working with these students. Uh, they don't have to be an expert in gardening. I tell them, I don't care if you grow a single tomato, as long as uh, when you're done, you know what it takes either to, you know, to get hired and keep your employment, and you also know what it takes to get fired, what that might look like um, over the course of the summer. And you know, we have real expectations and real conversations with these students so that when they leave, uh, they're ready to uh, choose their career path. Um, this is a, what a typical job crew might look like. This is early in the season when the weeds are up and the garden is small, but we've got a job coach working with a small team of students you know, having those conversations, hey, here's how we talk respectfully. Um, here's how we, you know, build our stamina so we're that working for that whole period of time and what uh, employers are going to expect from you when you show up your first day at a job somewhere else. Uh, I, I was going to say, so we, could, we, we could describe these a little bit. So if anybody that's listening on the, on the podcast would know a little bit of what we're talking about. So like in that last one, it was this awesome picture of, for youth holding shovels um, along with their their coach, ready to ready to dig in. <laughs> dig in the dirt and yep, grow some food and have some fun. This next picture is just uh, three students at the Garden at North High School, uh, really having a blast. Uh, you can see behind them their tomatillos are up and growing. Actually, those are sunchokes. Um, but just we have a lot of fun, um, and I think our students have a lot of pride in what they do. Um, this is a job, unlike a lot of others and unlike a lot of classroom experience, where at the end of the day, you can turn around and say, look at this, look at what we did. The world is different. You can They can see the impact um, they have had, and you, they can taste and hold their work, um, unlike a lot of the stuff we do in buildings. Um, and so there's a lot of pride. And one of the best things and most rewarding things about my job is we take a picture every single week of the gardens and the students in front of their garden, and the miraculous thing is you can see the garden growing, but you can see the students themselves growing in their pride um, and their self-worth and their excitement for what they're doing and what they've done. Uh, in this garden, this is just a, a beautiful garden full of burgundy amaranth and squash and marigolds. This is at John F. Kennedy High School. Um, but this was during right after the movie Avatar came out and our students were like, hey, what, what can we do to build such a wonderful, you know, beautiful world like we saw in the movie Avatar? And so that year we selected a whole lot of plants that were different colors and textures to try to get some of that magical feel from that Avatar movie. Now this is a picture just of our group of students. This is on a field trip to the Botanic Gardens, um, but we really take the whole person. You know, we um, we kind of have a theme that uh, it's it's not necessarily equal, but it's fair. You know, some of our students really struggle to talk to strangers, like uh, saying five or six sentences to a stranger might be the toughest thing they do that week. Um, whereas others, you know, staying focused and actually digging in the dirt for an hour and a half uh, and getting stuff done might be the hardest thing they do. So we treat our students differently, but we make sure they're all being challenged and they're being challenged to a point where they're growing, but not every student is gonna have the same challenges. Um, and we'll talk about that more when we get to our farmer's market. Uh, and there's also uh, me standing with my little daughter uh, she's about one and a half in that picture. Uh, she's going to turn four 
next month, um, but she's an avid gardener and loves to help me out. In fact, we'll be doing some planting today. This is a great picture showing um, our students working with uh, Jungle Judy from Denver Urban Gardens and learning the basics of composting so that we can, we talk about how uh, we feed the garden, we feed the soil, and we need to do the same thing for ourselves. We do invest in the student's future that they need to take the steps uh, to get them to the next level. Uh, and Garden of Youth is one of those opportunities to grow their skills, grow their resume. Uh, and when then, then, then when they leave, they're gonna have a better outcome than when they arrive 10 weeks earlier. This is a picture of one of our students at uh, the farmer's market. Uh, we do two farmer's markets for each uh, site. We do four of them. We'll be at the South Pearl Farmer's Market and the Highlands Farmer's Market in July and August. Um, but this is where they get to, to practice talking to strangers, sharing what we're doing in the Garden of Youth program. They do money math, merchandising. Uh, and this is where uh, some of our students really shine. Um, we had one student who he was so good at bringing customers in and engaging them in conversations. He probably earned half of our profits uh, that summer compared to all the other students combined. And he didn't have any problems saying, hey, look at our tomatoes. How about give us $20 for these three tomatoes? But he did a wonderful job. Um, but when it came to gardening, he struggled. He just wanted to talk. So we really um, celebrate where our students' strengths are. And we highlight them and we plug them in um, where their strengths are. And then we work on their weaknesses. So they can grow across the board as, as workers and as people. Another picture, just a, a three girls um, standing in front of the uh, booth at the Highlands Farmers Market um, and sharing. You can see the two job coaches in the back. When it comes to the markets, uh, we train the students for about 15, 20 minutes, and then we just stand back and, and let them do their thing um, and make sure that uh, they have the support they need, but we let them help each other, uh, teach each other, um, and help them practice talking to strangers, doing that money math, um, and they generally really shine in this kind of a situation. We find, you know, wherever we put the bar, high or low, students are going to meet it. And so we tend to put that bar high um, and let them know that as we go into the program. This is another one of our uh, field trips. Every Wednesday, uh, we go on a field trip. Um, as a large group, we meet together. And this is when we were learning about nutrition. This is at Natural Grocers. Um, but students get to try some different food. We talk about the differences between organic and conventional farming and growing. All of our gardens in Denver Public Schools are organic uh, by our guidelines, um, but we want the students to know the difference um, and, and how that difference affects not only uh, how they feel, but their health over the long term of their life. This is uh, a picture of our students actually preparing the food that they've grown towards the end of the season. Here we're making um, pineapple tomatillos, uh, salsa, um, in the kitchen at Denver Urban Gardens and uh, at their home office. Um, but these are all food that the students have grown and then we get to celebrate that and they get to take home a jar of uh, tomatillo salsa to share with their family. And you can see the smiles on their faces. They're really proud and excited um, to take home the fruits of their labor and, and show that off. This is another cooking session. This one we got to do outside. Uh, we're making baba ganoush out here. Uh, and this was sort of a, a surprise because halfway through our, our food prep, the sprinklers came on and totally changed the course of our uh, lesson that day. But we had a lot of fun. And I found that baba ganoush is a surefire way to get students to eat eggplant because um, they'll eat it as dip, but it's it's a tougher ask uh, as a, a grilled vegetable. But one of my um, things is bringing wonder to students. I really feel that wonder is an antidote to apathy. 
And so we really want to engage the student senses, whether that's with plants like the toothache plant, lemon verbena, um, stevia, but we want to just open their eyes and hearts and senses up uh, to the wonder of nature and the wonder of plants uh, so that uh, they they take that with them when they go. In fact, this student who's here planting a tiny tomato uh, at the beginning of the season, uh, and this student refused to eat anything from the garden um, his first year. He was one that got to participate uh, two years. We thought that's what would be best um, for him. And the second year, he was our biggest uh, champion of getting students to try new foods. Hey, try this. Try the pineapple tomatillos. Uh, try the stevia. Um, and so it was really neat to see him grow from someone who was absolutely reluctant to eat anything out of the ground uh, to being probably our best uh, even, you know, evangelist of sharing the, the goodness of the earth with the other students. And these are two of my favorite pictures. This is the, the garden at George Washington High School. It's a shared site with Denver Urban Gardens. It's a community site. And all of the plots along the wall um, are the plots that uh, the Garden of Youth students share with the Grow Club there at um, George Washington. And then the other plots in the center are community garden plots. Um, not all of our gardens are like that, but I really love the interaction that our students get with other uh, gardeners. Um, and I think it's it's neat to build our community. And I think that gardens and food, especially in this time coming off of COVID, are such an easy and amazing way to, to grow community. Um, and I feel like when we break bread together, we break down the walls between us. And, and food is such a fantastic uh, way to, to get down those defenses and get people to really sit down and find common ground with each other over a great meal. Um, and then the next picture is 10 weeks later, this is what the students can turn around and say that they've done. Um, it feels different, it smells different, everything about the space is different. And it's not because of anything I've done or the job coach has done, but it's really what the students uh, have invested. This is their sweat and their time and their energy. Um, and just- Yeah, and it, it just went from like this gray monotone- Bare plots. Desolate place to now everything is just, uh, brimming with green and yellow and all kinds of exciting stuff. Yep. Just the kale's ready to harvest, it are getting close, but they can see, yeah, the bare earth is now a food for all. Um, and this food will, after the, the summer is over and the students are uh, done working, uh, this food will go into the cafeteria uh, to be sold just like a wholesaler. And those funds uh, keep funding uh, this particular garden program. Uh, all of gardens in Denver Public Schools are funded through grants. Um, our district does not allocate any funds for gardens or for sustainability in general. Um, we are self-funded through grants and through what we receive back in utility savings um, and energy efficiency upgrades like putting in uh, more efficient light bulbs or motors, HVAC systems, uh, plumbing systems, toilets, and that allows us to fund the work that we do across the district. Um, and this is a picture um, another thing that we really want to instill and, and wonder opens that door is a sense of stewardship, that we are responsible for the world around us. And so our final walk before our celebration or our final uh, event that we do as a, a large group is a stewardship walk. And this happens to be up at the um, Golden River Walk um, in Golden. And it's just a great chance for our students to, to also clean up the world around them, say they have an impact, but also to celebrate you know, their accomplishments over the summer, 
Um, so we try to, to have a lot of fun those last couple of weeks and celebrate the work that they've done. Um, and I feel like that wonder builds that connection with the earth, builds that understanding um, that we are connected. Uh, and all summer we've been feeding the earth. And then at the end of the summer, the earth feeds us. And so we can really understand how that cycle works. Um, this is a student uh, looking at uh, a bee colony, a portable bee colony that one of our uh, partners, Ray Story, brings to our students. But we spend a week on pollinators and learning about both honeybees and then our native bees that do so much of that pollination and making our gardens wonderful and, and productive. Uh, and it's a neat to see our students get up close and personal with some of these bees. And, and Ray Story, if you don't know, I'm such a champion for pollinators in the Denver area. And then this last photo is just our students at the end of the summer. This is what their market booth looks like when we're not at a market. That day we were practicing setting up the booth um, and then role playing, talking to customers um, and what that would look like. But this is a, a smaller group. This is about half of our group uh, practicing setting up that booth uh, there at Manual High School so that they were ready the following Sunday to, to work in the farmer's market. And that is it for the, the pictures I have for Garden of well, that was a very fun adventure <laughs> to see all those, like you said, the kids growing as well as all the plants growing through that. And even things like, I, I know when I was teaching English that um, that role-playing was such a fun way to, to, to do that kind of stuff. I mean, it's one thing to teach it, practice it a little, get tested, but when you can role-play and so, those those areas that are probably have some anxiety, like setting up the the tent and uh, and talking to people and having those conversations. I bet that was fun to to see them do that. That it, role playing it really is, and that talking to customers, that confidence. Even an hour later, you can see the difference in the students and how they interact with customers and with each other. Um, and it's just it's very rewarding. Um, yeah, it's really exciting. And for anyone thinking of uh, joining us, please check out our website. Um, there's volunteer opportunities. Reach out to me. My email's there. Um, but we can plug you in either with you know this program or at our other 120 gardens that would love uh, partnerships. And, and honestly, without our community partners, there's no way we can uh, cover 120 gardens. So I really celebrate them and support them. Um, Big Green, Denver Urban Gardens, Grow Local, Sustainable Farms are all uh, doing wonders, increasing our productivity of our gardens and getting that into the food bank so that the families in Denver who need food are really uh, have access to it. And our gardens aren't lying fallow all summer and they're ready uh, when students come back uh, in the fall for them to harvest and celebrate uh, that growth um, in their at their schools. Well, and I think the other thing is that right now, like as you were saying, you mentioned earlier as far as during the pandemic, but you know, there's a lot of folks who are just canceling that, well, we used to do this, but now we can't. But so part of what I've been trying to do in these podcasts is bring people ideas and and examples of, well, no, yeah, actually you can do this. So you're doing this all summer, I think at eight different schools with the, the Garden of Youth. Yep. Um, but as you said that you have 120 gardens and so there's probably a garden near you. So if you're in Denver, maybe it's a, a DPS garden, but if you're somewhere else, to think about getting your neighborhood team, your faith community, um, whatever, linked up to to be able to provide the support for these different gardens. Because yeah. I'm sure that 
my understanding is that you'll get a good team going and then one or two people leave. And so that it's kind of a constant churn. So, um, so you had mentioned before that you've got specific schools that have reached out and said, Hey, we need somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but they're kind of distributed all over the place as well. Yes. I think, um, really the, the solution to that turnover that we have in our, in our urban schools is creating a school identity of sustainability or guarding. So once that's part of the school's identity, then it doesn't matter if we lose a champion because we're going to keep charging ahead. We'll find new champions. Um, and really, you know, teachers are so busy and so stressed and so depleted after the past year. Um, but once they're out in the garden and they have that support, you know, the garden is a place of regeneration for ourselves and our souls. Uh, and so any teachers out there listening, please reach out uh, and we'll set you up for success and we'll make sure that uh, you and your students are recharged uh, heading into summer. Uh, and I do, I want to celebrate uh, all the things going on with EarthWeekSummit.com. Um, please check it out. Uh, check out what Denver Public Schools is doing as well. Um, teachers and students and even people outside of, uh, of the Denver Public Schools community are welcome to join us for our forum as well. Um, but we're eager to see all the things going on this week and all the ways that we can plug in. Um, but gardens are just an easy and, and considering the pandemic, the safest way to build and grow community um, outside. Um, you can distance easily. You can wear your mask and still uh, have that community um, and celebrate each other and what we're doing for each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Nan was just saying it works to combat stress and there's more there's more of that than ever. So yeah, right. It's just naturally designed as a small group outdoors, not, you know, yeah, and sometimes I'm, I feel like I get paid to go to my own therapy. Uh, just to get <laughs> and it's just delightful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit in the last couple of minutes about the 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 sustainability and garden summit, the DPS summit that's coming up. Because I think, um, like, let us know who is that for and what all is going on. Because it sure. seems like there's a lot of cool parts and pieces of that, kind of highlighting all your partners there. Yeah, absolutely. So this summit started 10 years ago just as a, a garden summit, just to support our educators that were working with students outside to make sure they had the resources they need, connections, uh, if there was a community partner uh, to plug them in. Um, and then in the past six years, DPS Sustainability has grown from two and a half people, I was the half person, to <laughs> nine full-time positions. And so those other people are really looking at building efficiency, uh, but how do we get into school, schools to connect um, classes with um, one of the opportunities is renew our schools where they can actually see the electricity use of their school in real time. They can see, hey, if we turn off the lights in the gym when no one's there, we can see how we save money and electricity at the same time. So those kinds of opportunities so students uh, can really see the impact they have on their schools. Um, and so this forum has grown from a garden forum into a sustainability forum. We normally do it live. Uh, this year is virtual, but it is for Primarily educators and students um, are interested, um, but families are always welcome. And then we get a lot of uh, surrounding school districts sending people just to connect um, and to see what we're doing, uh, to kind of duplicate some of our programs. But uh, anyone across the country is welcome to join us uh, because it's virtual. That's a, a new avenue that we've never had before. Uh, really, we were limited to people who could drive over, uh, but mm -hmm. this year, and we'll see, you know, I think that you know, every door that closes when opens, and we have learned so much over the past year about how to connect and build pathways um, 
you know, and, and actually I, sp I think spend more of our time doing what's important rather than commuting. And so uh, this is an opportunity and, and we're glad to be able to provide this for our community um, and, and even, you know, Colorado and across the nation. Yeah, yeah, and I just put the link there. So it's April 12th through 20th. Um, and I think the other cool thing that you're doing in the summit is really bringing in lots of those different partners. Like I know um, Joe Callahan with the Open Energy, he yep. does, he has this whole thing where he can come in and set up a bicycle powered whatever, like sound system or or solar solar oven. And then you've got your big green, so all your different partners. Uh, and this is one of the things that I really encourage teams to do is to develop a list of 100 ideal partners. Because what happens, like this is just how it happens, is people get together, they want to do something, and then somebody tells them no. And, and, and then if you have 100 partners, you can overcome that no. And so to, to understand that, you know, the first person you ask probably is going to say no, and that's totally fine. That's normal. So don't, don't take it like it means anything. <laughs> it just means you probably need more partners. And so what I think what this is cool is, uh, you know, cause that's one of the things I tell the green teams, the eco clubs is reach out to your sustainability department. They probably have goals that are in line with what it is that you're trying to do. They can help you overcome that. Um, whatever you're trying to do, whether it's, you know, around energy efficiency or gardening or, or recycling or something, there's probably folks there that can help you. So I love that you're putting this together and all those different, um, those different sessions in the summit are, are showing, hey, these are kind of things that, that we can help you with and that our partners are here to help you with as well. Absolutely, and I feel that passionate people, it feels like the progress we make is incredibly slow. And in our department, you know, it feels that way sometimes because we run up against wall after wall after wall. But when we look back at how far we've come as a district in 10 years and as a department and the impact and the number of students we've connected with, it really is remarkable. And so we've got to have, you know, the short term focus, uh, but the right. long term view because uh, we've come a long way and done a lot. I mean, especially like that 120 gardens and that they're all organic. Mm -hmm. Like that's just so cool. Yeah, that, that is super neat. Awesome. All right. Well, so thank you so much, Chris, for, for hopping on with us today and sharing a little bit of your story and the that idea. I feel like I would have been one of those kids in school that would have really done well with a summer program to be out there and doing that kind of exciting thing, like trying to grow your food and then sell it at an actual farmer's market. So um, really happy that, that kids have that opportunity. If anybody's interested in volunteering, wants to know more, then um, we've got the link there to the, the DPS Gardens page. Um, so you can go there, maybe check out the summit, their um, Sustainability and Garden Summit, April 12th through 20th as well. And definitely, um, you know, hop in and talk with everybody during the, our Earth Week Summit pop-up group. Uh, so you can sign up for that at earthweeksummit.com. All right. Any any parting words of, of wisdom? Anything else you wanted to wrap up with, Chris? No, thank you so much for being here. Uh, but yeah, get outside, get growing, and, and feed your soul. <laughs> I like it. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Take care. Thanks, Chris. Thank you.